Are we in a recession yet? Despite a second quarter of negative GDP, there's now a debate over the definition of a recession. Plus, the month of July saw the best market gain since 2020, but also saw a steep decline in housing demands. We break down all of those developments in the Mach 1 Market Moment. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies Be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, episode 113. This is Matt Walters. Today I'm here with Lee Mackey, David Lee. Today we begin with a question that used to seem easy to answer, but depending on who you listen to, you may get a different answer. The second quarter GDP numbers just released, and they do show another contraction for a second consecutive quarter, which could signal the U.S. in recession. Our top story of the day, I wish it was not true, but after two straight quarters of negative growth, we are officially in a recession. So some say we're in a recession. Some say we might be, and some say, like the White House, we're not. Lee, David... We've heard a lot of different things about what's a recession, right? I'd always gone under the kind of rule of thumb that, you know, two negative quarters of GDP, you're in a recession. It's all what I was right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what I'd always believed. Now you're seeing headlines of, we are, we're not, we will be. What are your thoughts? Where do you go? Well, I mean, clearly the the, uh, definition of recession, the generally accepted definition of recession hasn't changed. Right. Two consecutive quarters of negative GDP equals recession. And we had that. We had contracting GDP in Q1. And we had uh, negative numbers in Q2 again. That, that, is, uh, that meets the technical definition of two consecutive negative quarters. Um, I can understand maybe from a political standpoint why the White House wants to say that we're not. We can, uh, actually, I think we've got some good arguments that we're going to talk about here on this show why, why, uh, we, why we may even not think that uh, the economy feels like it's in a recession. But as far as the technical definition, clearly that has been met. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you see all these things. Of, you see the two negative quarters of GDP, right, and it's like recession – but then they say, well, but the labor market's still really strong, so we can't be in a recession. It's like, well, I mean, well, there's a definition. How you define yeah. a recession doesn't have to change just because, right. like, everything isn't like crashing, right? And so, just because you have a strong labor market, like, I think what it means to me is we're in a recession. It just looks, smells, and feels a little bit different yeah. than previous recessions, yeah. which is always the case. Just like two two thousand eight, that recession was very different than we had ever seen, right? This recession so far. You know, after we've technically entered into it, feels and smells a little bit different. Yeah, it doesn't feel, I mean, from my perspective, the last, well, I guess technically uh, March of 2020, if I'm not mistaken, I think we might have had a technical recession back then. Uh, I think we had two consecutive negative quarters then, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 
but it was so uh, short lived that it's almost forgotten already. So prior to that, though, I believe it was 2008 was the was the last recession prior to 2020, March of 2020. This definitely feels different to me, a whole lot different sure. than the 2008 recession. We might have even talked about that on previous shows, how, you know, back then the, in the 2008 recession, the entire financial system itself was teetering on the, the edge yeah, of collapse, collapse right? I mean, and you definitely, I mean, you definitely saw it and felt it in terms of consumer spending. This time it does feel like if, if it is a recession, it, it feels like it's a very, very mild one, and it may be very short-lived. Obviously, none of us have a crystal ball in the future, but my best guess is that it, it is going to be a short-lived one. I think all of this is really a result of the COVID shutdown of 2020. Uh, causing uh, logistical supply chain issues, which then, you know, when you lift the uh, restrictions on people and you let them go back to life as normal, so to speak, it naturally creates supply side problems. You've got more demand than you've got supply. That causes inflation. The Fed reacts to inflation as they always do by raising interest rates. That causes the market to kind of stumble a little bit. But, um, I think as soon as we get, as soon as the Fed gets on top of inflation and or the supply side problems get fixed, you'll see this, us come quickly out of whatever this is, whatever you want to call it, recession yeah. or whatever. Lee, Lee you're, what are your you're thoughts? sitting over there being quiet. What wisdom do you have? Well, <clears throat> you know, I can just echo kind of what, what has already been said. You know, I was sitting here reading while y'all were talking that um, – they're talking about how, you know, two consecutive quarters, somebody called this a very simplified definition. And and I think, you know, I've even heard a couple economists and pundits on television say that after this one, after this recession or whatever we're in is done several months from now, we may have to go back and reexamine the definition because what they bring about, and, and I haven't done the research going back, you know, decades, you know, they talk about the broad array of spending, income production, and jobs that that are all rising in the first half of this year. And and, and so I wonder if prior recessions had those factors. You know, did we have a low unemployment? Did we have an increase in consumer spending? And, you know, I don't know. But I'm like you, David. I, I don't – it doesn't feel like a recession. I mean, there's – I know Northwest Arkansas can kind of be a bubble, mm-hmm. but you know when you when you travel around, yeah. it, it you know it doesn't appear that people are hurting financially. My th- my thing is on the recession side is like you so get away from like what's the textbook definition, right? Because I don't I don't know what the textbook. Says. I didn't <laughs> study that much in college, so it's like who knows what the textbook says, but. We can all agree that the generally accepted definition has been two negative consecutive quarters of GDP, right? Yeah. So every other recession, like we haven't been sitting here after the second quarter GDP numbers come out, said, well, no, we're going to have to wait. Yeah, we're going to have to for wait other one moment. more quarter. Like, no, if yeah. that comes out negative, it's generally accepted that we're in a recession. Yeah. Regardless of any other. Ma- so that's where I go back to, like, that is that has been the case we haven't sat here and said, no, time out. Like, we're not technically, we may or may not be in a recession yet. We've got to finalize these other factors and numbers. We're in a, we're in a stinking recession. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. It is what it and is. And that doesn't, I think it's a good reminder that, like, th- 
it's this like capital R word that everybody's like afraid of because the media like blow. It's a good reminder that like, hey, recession doesn't have to mean the world's falling apart. Recessions are actually healthy, right? You, they're they're necessary and healthy. And I think it's unfortunate that, um, you know, like the last major recession we saw. I think one of the mistakes, in my opinion, that was made is that the the politicians and Everybody else, they wanted to bail out all these different companies. You guys remember bail out? The word bail out became a really oh, yeah. ugly word, right? But recessions are healthy in the sense that it's kind of good for you. Kind of need from time to time companies that have made mistakes, that have managed themselves poorly. You need them to go under and go out of business and get replaced by better run companies. So from that perspective, I, I would argue that recessions are necessary and helpful to have periodically well and that's and that's just like you know down markets yeah. you know we we need corrections we need bear markets every now and then to, to to kind of clean out clean out the system yeah you know and we're not going to bring politics into this discussion but you know no president wants a to have a recession on their watch, on their watch. Yep. i mean i think you can go back a hundred years and i don't think there's been a president win re-election if he was you know, during a presided over a recession. recession. Yeah. So, you know, it, you know, you hate to bring it in, but that's part of it. Yeah. But, um, so I don't know. I mean, and, and I was thinking earlier, Matt, when you were making those comments that there have been times when the numbers did not indicate a recession, but it felt like we were, you know, yeah, unemployment sure. yeah. was high incomes were down things were just bad and so even though the numbers may not have technically said we're in one it felt like we were so i mean it's this is kind of the opposite right? it is the opposite it's absolutely. like the numbers indicate that we're in a recession but it doesn't really feel like we're in one yeah well, and on that note i mean last month best month since 2020 right from yeah a, from a market's perspective yeah, from, right yeah. and so market had a good month which was which was a, a breath of fresh air around yeah. here. I yeah, agree. for sure. And so it's been a tough six, seven months. Technical recession, good month in the market. You know, who knows what the next month holds. Um, but it is interesting to talk about this. I think we. I think it's a trap you fall into if you start changing the way. I agree. Things are defined. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and we've all seen it. We've all seen it with CPI. This has always been talked about. It's like, well, CPI used to be calculated this way, right? And now. It, they change it over time. So how much can you trust it? Well, it's like that's what yeah, you can't trust exactly it once you start changing with exactly. like recessions. If yeah. we just start changing, if we start changing. If we change it this time, there'll there'll never be another administration in history that presides <laughs> over a recession. You know? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because <laughs> they'll just change the definition every time. Because yeah. it will become a political uh, thing instead of just an economic reality. Right. Yeah. Right. So ne the next next topic was looking at housing so housing demand being down housing you know as, as we all know over the last couple of years since covid really just exploded right rates were low people were moving out of cities wanting to move they could work anywhere remote work um so if you've been someone who's tried to buy a house over the last year we we feel feel for you it's been tough most buyers had to make offers well over asking price still never got their foot in the door but that's what we start to see changing, and the housing industry saw quite a uh, dip in July. Take a listen. After two years of sky-high demand, all of a sudden, builders across the country are struggling to sell homes. Sales of newly built houses dropped more than 8% just last month. That's new data, and they fell more than 17% from a year ago. Some builders say they're now offering incentives to try to convince people to buy. 
The CEO of one of the nation's biggest home companies told CNBC this morning it's a drastic change. Really, it was like mid-June uh, that we saw this kind of pullback, that, 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 that pause that, you know, I, I kidded our salespeople uh, the other week that they've gone from order takers to financial therapists. So despite the housing, housing prices declining, mortgage rates actually went down. Um, slightly after rising for most 2022. So according to Freddie Mac, rates dropped from 5.3 last Friday, um, a decline from 5.554 the previous week. The average 30-year rate is 2.5 percentage points higher than a year ago. Zillow is showing slightly no lower numbers with the average 30-year mortgage rate at 4.91. A 20-year is at 4.5, 4.51 to be exact. So guys, what are your thoughts on the housing market? Obviously things were, I think Eli just told us that the average, if the market, the housing market would have to average over the next six months. Um, have to keep declining. Have to keep declining same. just to get back to the long term average, yeah. right? So that kind of tells you how so, far and above. Yeah, we are, real estate we was be. really overinflated, right? I mean, it just went every. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but every other day I would log on to Zillow just out of curiosity to see what yeah. the value of my house and my rental property is. Doing. And every day it's just going up. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah. You I update mean, your net worth statement every day. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. So, yeah, to Eli's point, I mean, that the uh, housing got overinflated. And right. so, you know, the market would have to, the housing market would have to decline at its current pace for another six months just to get back on its long-term average. Um, so that's, that's a good thing to remember. Um, and I would say the same concept applies to the stock market, Absolutely. right? We've talked a lot about that on this show over months, uh, where like in 2020, um, you know, we saw the market just explode after the, uh, March, 2020 shutdown. And then it just exploded higher and it got way overinflated. And so what are we seeing now? We're seeing it kind of correct back to its long-term normal average. And so uh, the, the key difference is that in the stock market, it's, it's a lot easier to see what someone's offering you on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. Whereas in the housing market, you don't necessarily have someone knocking on your door unless you check Zillow every day. Right. Um, but, and, and, but unless you're really thinking about selling your house, you probably don't really care what Zillow says your house is worth anyway. You should apply that same philosophy to your stocks unless you need that liquidity in the next year or so to buy a car or to buy a house or whatever, you shouldn't really be too concerned about what the mark to market value of your stocks is. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I, I think that working with an advisor um, takes some of the emotion out of it. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what we're called to do. You know, clients come into our offices, you know, they may be in a good mood. They may be in a bad mood. A, you know, a rising stock market or a crazy housing market can get everybody excited. And so can the flip side. And I think that, you know, calmness, you know, kind of an even keel mentality makes a lot of sense. You know, I've, I've spoken to mortgage bankers and I've spoken to real estate agents and you know, the market is still good. I mean, you know, just because we're saying that this is a decline in, in housing starts and, and mortgage applications, I mean, yes, that is negative from prior months, but we still live in a pretty strong housing market. I, I think instead of getting, you know, 10 to 20 offers, you know, within 24 hours, you might have a few or a couple. Yeah. But I mean, most, you know, most of the people I've talked to around here, 
most home prices in Northwest Arkansas are still selling for close to asking price. Yeah. And, um, you know, rates are going to probably come down. You know, I feel like a little bit more. Um, don't necessarily think that they're going to fall down to where we saw a couple years ago. But, um, you know, historically, a 30-year. Historically, still pretty it's low. still pretty good. A 30-year mortgage in the 5.5%. Now, That's still pretty I, good. I think refis have slowed to a near screechy <laughs> yeah, halt. Yeah. But I think that, you know, it. Um, yeah, if you if you're refinancing now, you bought your house pre 2008. You know, probably. I heard yeah. I heard a very interesting statistic um, last week from one of our clients who is a realtor. He made the comment that for every one percent rise in mortgage rates, that's a twelve to thirteen percent increase in monthly payment. Oh wow. And so he just said, do the rule of thumb that yeah. for every percent increase in mortgage rates, it's 12 to 13 percent in a monthly payment. And so we were doing the math, but I mean, it's real dollars, yeah. you know, for a, a person. 25, 30 percent yeah. more than That's it was absolutely. a year. Positive yeah. news for Lee, for all the home buyers out there. Yeah. Trying to buy. <laughs> but it's a nice rule of thumb. They can kind of yeah. Yeah. begin to figure things it, out. It does make you, and you're, you know, it's like. That's one thing. If your if your house payment's four hundred bucks, okay, maybe it's not. But most people's house payments fifteen hundred, two thousand sure. plus. You know, I mean, that's and so if you start stacking twelve percent on top. I mean, you're talking about a couple hundred dollars a month. every month for thirty years or yeah. fifteen yeah. years I mean, or whatever. It, it makes a real yeah, difference. Yeah. And David, to your point, one thing you mentioned was you're not looking at you know things got overinflated, right? And you don't want to start using that. And I think a good example we always. Anytime we build a client's portfolio, you know, I know I do, and I, I know you guys do too, but we look at, you know, like 5 to 7% kind of average returns, yes. right? Well, there's a reason when, like, when people come in and they've averaged 12% that we don't throw 12% yeah. in their financial plan, right? Because right. it's like it's still not the long-term expected return. Yeah. The 5 to 7 is what we use to build. So it's like same with your housing. Like, things are going to go up. We got ahead of ourselves a bit. No one should have ever expected to continue at that rate forever. Things are going to naturally go back to the long-term average, and um, it's just the way it's always going to be, in my opinion. Yep. So anything, yep. any other final thoughts or comments today that you guys, words of wisdom that you want to share? Well, I would just say, you know, we touched on, you know, July was a good month in the markets. You know, the question is, is it the start of something bigger, or is it a bear market bounce? You know, we don't know. Um you know, you know, the question I get often, and I know all of you guys get the same question is, have we seen the bottom? You know, has, has the market reached the bottom and now we're going up? You know, again, the, the answer is we don't, we don't know, know. But for every little bit that we move away from it, the chances are, yes, we have That's seen right. the bottom. Um, but we, again, we don't know. But it goes back to the idea of staying in the market. Yes. You know, we, you know, July 1, we didn't you know predict that july we would be up 10 percent. yeah but we were yep you know maybe on average um we we are now on august 1st we do not know what august will be like but you know that's why we tell our clients we don't know just stay the course don't try to turn the market don't have a plan and stick to the plan yes. right make sure you've got your income if you're a retiree or near retiree like we say so often on the show make sure you've got your income plan solved solve for income first then just stick to the investment plan because you've got your you've got your day-to-day month-to-month 
income solved for. So don't worry if the market's giving you a bad quote at the moment. Just like right. you wouldn't, you, you don't look, if you were to look on Zillow today and you saw that your home was down 10% from what it was a month ago, you wouldn't say, oh my gosh, we got to go sell our house right now, right? Yeah. You'd say, we'll just wait. You know, we don't need to sell our home right now. You should view your stocks, your other assets the same way. Absolutely. All right. And as always, we always like to end as, with a thought of the day. This one's from Robert B. I have no <laughs> idea how you say his last name. So, Robert B., real, real. as you wait for better days, don't forget to enjoy today in case they've already started. Again, as you wait for better days, don't forget to enjoy today in case they've already started. As always, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast and look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit mach1financial.com disclosures.